Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 109 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, and thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-host. My name is Craig. This is a uh, this is a lot going on this week, I feel like. My list is pretty long. At least news-wise. Like, games, we still don't have a lot coming out. Um, and, but movie-wise, we, we did get a lot of movies. Yeah, so for sure. So, with... With the movies, let's go ahead and get to the news where my first piece of news is that already Doctor Strange is over made, uh, has made over $480 million. Uh, and it's only been four days since it's yeah. come out since time of recording. So this movie's going to make uh, this movie's going to make tons of money. It makes sense. It feels like this is kind of the. The highest hyped Marvel movie in a long time um, since Spider-Man. Well, like not so much like I'm kind of can like, let's take Spider-Man out of the equation for a second. Like even since Spider-Man, it's kind of sure. been, it's been like that. So I I'm happy for Doctor Strange. I love the Doctor Strange first movie and we'll get into my thoughts on Doctor Strange, too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Disney just continues to show off that its Marvel investment was probably one of the smartest ones it ever made. Printing that money. However much they paid to get Marvel was not expensive enough because they are literally breaking in billions every time they put a movie or show really out at this point. Yeah. Crazy. It's done that much. Is that do you know if that puts it on pace to beat Spider-Man? I didn't, I didn't see look. much about what it was on pace for. I just saw that it had made, you know, as much as it did. And, yeah, you know, I imagine I have to imagine it's not on pace just yet. But, uh, you know, we're even since the last Spider-Man movie, like the world is continuing to become more and more free about masks where, you know, the theater I went to sold out wasn't a spot open uh, for it. There was a huge line. You know, I think we arrived. I want to say about an hour and a half early and there was a pretty big line uh, to get in. So it's just, you know, there are, you know, movies are back. And yeah. uh, in a big way, and it just goes to show that, like, if the movie's big enough, people will go to the movie theater for it. Yeah, I mean, I went on a a Sunday at noon and it was it wasn't full, but it was pretty full. Um, so, yeah, for sure. Like to put that in contrast, I saw Spider-Man like the Sunday after it came yeah. out at a noon and it was pretty. It wasn't like completely empty, but it was nowhere near as full as this was. So definitely more people are more comfortable going now than they were back in December. Yeah, I had seen uh, I had seen No Way Home that like opening weekend. I think I saw it on a Sunday, like at a noon showing as well. Mm -hmm. And there were like no issues. There were spots free open and that kind of thing where it seems like for you, it's it's pretty full. So but yeah, it felt like a normal pre pandemic. um, Maybe not like a Friday night, but like a, a normal matinee movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, All right, so going into the gaming side of news, uh, we have Call of Duty Vanguard didn't meet expectations, and Activision is blaming it on people don't like World War II. Seems a little off considering the Call of Duty World War II is one of the most loved games, I feel like. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that is not the reason it didn't meet expectation. I'm going to go with maybe it just wasn't that great of a game. Yeah. Uh, this was what that, you know, you mentioning that story, that was one of kind of the strangest stories I had read, mm-hmm. you know, this this week about how instead of like blaming themselves, which, you know, would be like the more responsible thing to do. They want to blame it on the waning interest in World War Two. And it's yeah. just like, well, then why did you if, if you're going to blame it on the interest then why did you make the game in the first place? Correct. If you really want to talk about failed Call of Duties, look at your futuristic Call of Duties like Advanced (laughs) or Infinite Warfare. Like, go look at those and tell me that, oh, I guess people don't like sci-fi shooters. Like, that's what they would say is that, oh, the waning interest is in sci-fi. And it's like, well, (laughs) we beg to differ based on, you know, current likes and everything like that in today's, you know, media generation and whatnot. So they probably should have just said that but they're not going to say that they're not you know they're not going to say oh you know it was you know it was our fault that vanguard f- failed god forbid right and i didn't hate vanguard um i think it's a mixture of 
they created such a monster with Warzone that most people playing Call of Duty don't really care about the new version coming out every year and mixing on top of that just general fatigue with Call of Duty games every year um, leads to where they're at now. I mean, now Modern Warfare 2 coming out, that's going to do insane numbers because that's the one everybody cares about. But everything else, I feel like at this point, it's just kind of like, eh, we don't really care. Let us know when the next Modern Warfare comes out. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we are getting into this into the world now where they are going to be taking more than one year to make a Call yep. of Duty. So that will probably mean like during that year break off, we are going to get bigger innovations in things like Warzone, where Warzone yep. will probably receive, you know, a major update, you know, every six months or something like that to hopefully and even then keep it on pace with what Apex is doing, because Apex continues at least to my knowledge, continues to take most of the Battle Royale like atmosphere because of how much they are updating that game, where it's every yep. three months you're getting an iteration on a map, a new map, a new hero, new new weapons, that kind of thing. Like It never stops, it feels like, with yep. Apex, and that's what keeps the interest up, is that you continue to add things and make it you know, different in a way so that yep. people are interested. Agreed. All right, next up for me is a delay with Prince of Persia remake delayed and moving to a new studio. I really want to get into like the Prince of Persia because it just seems like right up my alley of, you know, a single player type of game, you know, time stopping parkour and combat type type of game. I never played the old Prince of Persia's, so I really do hope that this gets done right and correctly. It's just too bad that it's delayed. Yeah, um, I would honestly say it for you and everybody else who hasn't played them, go back and play the Prince of Persia that came out on 360. The first one, not the, uh, I forget what the one after it was called. Um, I still think it holds up to this day and it's a very good platformer. Um, but I'm going to go with this game is never coming out. I just, at this point, I don't see it. Um, it's been delayed. It's moved out to different studios. I don't know. I just, I have zero hope of ever seeing this game come out. Yeah, I've, I'm not that tied into how much it's been delayed or anything like that when it comes to new studios. But, you know, there, I think there's interest in it. And I think mm -hmm. if there's interest in it, you know, Ubisoft, at this point, I think Ubisoft will take any type of game that's going to change the narrative of what they've put out recently, where yeah. all they're really known for is Assassin's Creed and Far Cry games, which both are very similar in what they do, you know, both free open world, you know, open world games just set in different time eras and different versions of storytelling, I'll say. But, you know, Prince of Persia would be that different thing that they need to get into. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, also, with the uh, gaming news, as far as things coming out, we have a new mafia in early development at Hangar 13. Um, probably tied to, I would assume, a moderate success in that definitive edition that came out last year. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm excited. I like one, two, and three, so I'm on all aboard for more of that. Yeah, the Mafia series did make a fan out of me because I did, you know, I did end up playing the Mafia series on PlayStation when it came out, mm -hmm. and I'm just excited for the I'm excited for the new one. I just like that time era. Like that yeah. time era is like really cheesy. It's really fun. It, uh, it like it's they do a ton of stuff with like the mafia type thing that I I, I just find their game so much more interesting than, you, um, you know, like, you know, a game like Assassin's Creed or anything like that. Like, yeah, a lot of the times mafias are compared to like GTAs, but mm -hmm. mafia kind of knows when to not take itself seriously. Like it it can make it super campy and super like movie type in a way where you kind of get the mix of, you know, you're in an open world GTA, but you're also getting a pretty, you know, a pretty good story just based off yeah. of what you're based off of what you're playing in the story mode, where it's almost like, you know, it's a single player story instead of just an open world as well. Yeah, I'd be interested to see where they go with this. I mean, Mafia 3 was the 70s um, Vietnam era, so I'd be interested yeah. to see if they stick with that or if they go back to like the 20s or 30s, which I think most people would probably prefer. Yeah. We'll see. But uh, next up for me is issues with Nintendo contractors and Nintendo. We have uh, a civil rights case coming up where Nintendo contractors are suing uh, the company of Nintendo because 
there is a lot of bad blood, it seems, between between the two. There are stories about how a Nintendo contractor got injured while at a Nintendo like headquarters, and because they weren't a like an officially like employee from Nintendo, like they weren't allowed to go to the general hospital that Nintendo has them go to, or a coworker couldn't drive her. You know, she had to get an Uber to go to there uh, to go to the hospital. So there's a lot of like weird stuff to where, you know, the Nintendo contractors aren't getting enough communication. They aren't getting treated right, even though they technically work for Nintendo, because the, the main issue here is that a third party handles like the Nintendo contractors that go out to stores like Walmart, Best Buy, GameStop, Target to set up those displays, to set up stuff like that. Of like it's all done through a third party, so that that's where it seems to be a lot of the issue here, where Nintendo's not really honoring them as employees because they aren't hired directly by Nintendo. Yeah, do you get the sense that, like, you know how people talk about how there's like a dark side of Disney, right? Yeah. Where they're like, do you get that kind of sense with Nintendo sometimes? Oh, for or sure. Like, like they're it... like a super family friendly company, but like in the basement, there's bodies. <laughs> yeah in in the bait like it, and it happens at any company every company yeah. is going to have you know dark secrets where it's not so much bodies in the basement per se but yep. it's just dark stuff and shady stuff that they do that you know allows them to save to, to cut corners and more importantly save money because oh, that's yeah. all businesses are really looking to do is save money and cut corners if you know liability is not on them so you know good good luck to the nintendo contractors uh working in retail and having worked in it for a long time, I always liked the Nintendo contractors. I hope that they, you know, they get what they want because they're, you know, in my eyes, they work for Nintendo, despite the fact that they're hired by a third party. Yep. If if Nintendo has an issue with that, then maybe Nintendo needs to look at how they process things. And even the even the old president of Nintendo of America, bleh, that was a mouthful. Reggie <laughs> Fizeme was saying that this isn't the Nintendo that I, you know, I left. So since then, things have changed. You know, whether Gary Bowser isn't really, you know, in tuned with the contractors, maybe that's the problem. But there seems to just be a lot going on that, you know, it I don't know. It kind of makes sense that all of the studios are kind of coming out with these things. First, it was Activision, then cases against Sony, now cases against Nintendo and whatnot. So, you know, this this kind of thing happens and it's just only a matter of time before it, you know, becomes into daylight. Yeah. I mean, they should have known the dude's last name is Bowser. Yeah. They, they should Bad have guy. been all over that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, slightly less serious note here. Uh, Babylon's Fall, uh, for everybody who's played that, I did try that on PlayStation oh boy. 5, uh, has dropped to one concurrent player on PC and as of checking a couple of hours ago, that man is still keeping it alive. So it's kind of funny to me that like, look, I played that game and I thought it was terrible. Um, yeah. But like, it reminds me of when the, the servers for Halo 2 shut down and there was like a group of, I think it was like five or six people who left their uh, original Xboxes on so that they couldn't shut the server down until Microsoft eventually just shut it down. But uh, hats off to this guy. He's going to, he won't go down in history as a name we remember, but I mean, he'll always have that achievement, I guess, to be like, yeah, I was the last person playing this terrible game. <laughs> He's not the hero that Babylon's fall deserves, yep. <laughs> but the hero they need is what it yep. is. I Maybe maybe Square should send him something as like respect yeah. or like just refund his money <laughs> instead of <laughs> yeah. instead, instead of making him instead of paying for that terrible game. But it was awful. <laughs> Speaking of Square, kind of the big news and rumors around Square right now is earlier last week, uh, Square Enix sold properties like Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, uh, for $300 million to Embracer Group. Uh, Embracer Group. And the studios included are Eidos, Crystal Dynamics, and Square Enix Montreal. Now, like I'm kind of tying everything together here with a rumor that Sony is going to buy Square Enix. And... I think why a lot of this, like personally for me, it makes sense is Sony isn't looking to buy a thousand plus, you know, employee uh, studio. It's looking to buy smaller studios. So now that Square Enix has sold those three studios off to somebody else, they are a much smaller studio and can 
maybe be acquired by Sony in order to in order for, you know, PlayStation to continue to build its exclusive catalog because that's what seems to be important to, you know, most places right now. But what what's hard to, you know, the reason it's all making sense to me is because Tomb Raider Tomb Raider the the three the trilogy series sold more than 300 million on its own. So yeah. it's like this seems to be a fairly good deal for Embracer Group when you know everything really wants to be sold for half a billion dollars or billions of dollars. So it's it's strange it's strange that Square Enix sold them the way they did, but it doesn't surprise me that the rumor now has come out that Sony wants to buy Square Enix because of it. Uh, now that they're a smaller studio, but you know what? What are your opinions? Or is it all adding <laughs> I up mean, to your head like this mine? Yeah, I could see him doing that. I mean, further cementing a uh, that would cement a Kingdom Hearts exclusivity deal again, wouldn't it? Yeah, and also I believe, and I believe Final, Final Fantasy? Fantasy 16 yeah. is a is an exclusive. I don't know if it's in a timed exclusive, but I remember the I remember the the announcement that said it was a console exclusive. Whether mm-hmm. timed or not, I'm not sure. But you know, the these JRPG games that Final Fantasy, for example, Kingdom Hearts, tend to sell typically better yeah. on um on PlayStation. Because I think, and I guess the way people see it is PlayStation is the more, you know, JRPG friendly type studio. That's where a lot of the games come out on where, you know, I don't see Xbox with, for example, uh, Altilier Ryza 2. <laughs> you know, it doesn't seem to have those games and it's in, in, you know, out and ready to buy. But Sony always does. And Sony is a Japanese company. So True. I... If it does happen, what would your like if you were Sony, how much are you buying Square Enix for? I mean, if you're going off of their major properties, which would be Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy at this point. Those are big franchises, but I don't think they're like insanely big franchises, right? They sell, but they don't sell like a like a Call of Duty does or something like that. So I would say maybe like 500 million. Okay, I feel I'm like more that's fair. I'm on the I'm more along the lines of 750 million. Okay, uh, I can see that or, or a billion. Like, I just feel like, you know, there's been all these rumors about how like how is Sony going to answer Xbox acquiring Activision yeah. in a way? So we haven't really heard much about how Sony's going to do that. This could be how Sony does it. You get a storied game mm-hmm. developer studio in the Final Fantasy series. You know, Kingdom Hearts, even I get I'm a huge fan, but they're more famous for their Final Fantasy series and some of the other stuff they do. They have they still have other studios Mm -hmm. uh, in it, but, you know, it's. I want to see Sony do something. I just hope it's just not for like the of course, the to the detriment of the of the entire gaming community. Yeah, it would make sense. I mean. No matter what Microsoft does, Sony and PlayStation is always going to be bigger in the um, Asian market, right? Uh, So it would make sense for them to buy Square, who puts out some phenomenal JRPGs, um, because they're going to sell more on PlayStation than they ever will on Xbox. I don't know if the gap has gotten smaller over time, but I feel like it's still a pretty wide gap in the Asian markets between people buying PlayStation and Xbox. I feel like it still has to be pretty big. And and on top of that, too, what I do want to mention, because I was looking this up, like mm-hmm. in the studios that Square Enix sold, they sold the Eidos. So and the makers of Guardian, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, one of my favorite games of last year. Mm-hmm. So and I think technically a well-loved game, all things yeah. considered, too. It won awards, I believe, yep. uh, from from the Game Awards studio. So. Again, it just seems like all of this is swirling to a point that's just like all the dots are kind of connecting here Yeah. where, you know, so Square Enix seems to have set themselves up to be bought. Do they really need to be bought still? Not really. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if they didn't want to, they don't have to. You know, Final Fantasy will continue to make buckets of money no matter yep. what it takes to produce, uh, no matter what it takes to produce one. So. Yeah, I agree. Uh, last, not last, last, but last piece of games coming out news that I have is there is a alleged leak that GTA 6 will be launching in the second half of 2024. 
Are you going to go the over or under on that? Over. <laughs> Me too. I don't see it. That's like a year and a half away, right? Yeah, and I get that they're probably working on it, and yep. they're probably you know it's we know they're working on it. Let's be honest. Yep. And I don't know. I just feel like the like they have to somehow surpass GTA Five, which mm-hmm. kind of seems like an impossible feat considering how many millions it made. But you know, it's it's more like of the work that they have to do with the multiplayer system. You know, Red Dead Redemption's two multiplayer system was like reamed to death. Yep. Because of the way they wanted people to buy gold and how much you produced gold and what you could do. You know, GTA has always been a really fun and arcadey way of doing things. But how do you surpass that? And I think that's what's going to take a lot uh, a lot of time. You know, they they want, you know, the next GTA to be that, you know, PS5 and Xbox, you know, Series X, you know, Series X game that shows off what these new consoles can do. And yep. we've already seen what they kind of do, but imagine one that's built completely from the ground up from, you know, meant for these next gen systems. So, yep. you know, there's a lot of positives to it, uh, but I, I, pr- it wouldn't make much sense for them to be doing it in the second half. Like it would need to be, you know, end of quarter 2024 uh, yeah. where, you know, it's closer to the holiday season because whenever that game comes out, it's going to demand all of the attention it gets. You know, it's going to be bigger <laughs> than call whatever call of duty. It's going to be bigger than whatever game comes out because it's GTA. Yeah. What makes me nervous about this is I could see them hitting that mark, but it makes me nervous that there's such an emphasis on GTA online that we may get a significantly shorter single player experience in a GTA game than we're used to, mm-hmm. where they just put all this effort into GTA online And then they go, yeah, here's your 15 or 20 hour single player, you know, that I care more about than the online. But they may look at as like kind of like how Call of Duty looks at their single player. Like, yeah, we'll throw it in, but it's not the most important thing. Um, But also, like you said, this is the opportunity for them to really knock it out of the park. I don't know if you saw recently. I think I saw it yesterday. um, A running on the new Unreal Engine. It was like a subway that they did a a test thing on. You could not tell that it was not real. Um, Yeah. And like they have the opportunity to really push the boundaries on these consoles and also PCs. Um, I'm just hoping that they still commit to a solid single player experience, because to me, that's the heart of GTA, not online and spending hundreds of dollars on shark cards. Yeah. The one thing I will say is like GTA online did a good job of like releasing that like content that you can play with your friends because that always seems to work like yeah. well and always seems to be like, OK, we can play, you know, this four player type of heist missions, whether it's beach themed, casino themed or anything like that with your friends or alone. So it seems like, you know, maybe maybe they take they're probably going to find a way to integrate like the story mode, single player and the story mode online where, yeah. you know, there probably is going to be characters they made, but a character you make that interacts with the rest of the world. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, And then that's pretty much it for me. The only other thing is Xbox is set to release their streaming stick sometime this year. Uh, It's been kind of down the rumor mill that eventually, much like how you plug in a. A fire stick or an Amazon fire stick or a Google Chromecast stick to the back of your TV, you're going to be able to play stream games from uh, from this stick. I just kind of wonder whether or not it's going to work better than it does like on a tablet. Cause like you have to have pretty fast internet connection to get this to work. Right. And you know, is it going to be one of these things again where the lag is too much or anything like that? Like I'll admit like the system they have now is pretty, is pretty good. I like it. Uh, I just, how big is the streaming stick even going to be? Like, (laughs) I feel like they're making it, but for whom that's, that's always been like my thing. Yeah, I'd be willing to try it if I was like going on a trip, right? Because like rather than I mean, I guess I could play on my tablet because I would have that anyway. But like if you could throw that in your bag and be like, oh, yeah, I don't have to bring my Xbox. I just have my little Chromecast, but it's Microsoft and just plug it in in the hotel in their TV and off I go playing all my games. As long as it works well, like that could be pretty cool as long as it's not like 100 bucks, maybe like 30 or 40. Yeah. 
Maybe, yeah. I, I think it would end up being like 40 or 50 if I had to guess. Yeah, and, probably. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 60 if there's like a three month or a one month Game Pass Ultimate that comes with it, that yeah. kind of thing where they tend to bundle to raise the price. Yeah, I could see that too. It's always going to be a little bit more when it comes to gaming related. So I could see 60. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, all right. Last piece of news I have actually came from, should we call her an, an inside source? Everybody here knows Rachel. Um, yes. She sent this over to me. So uh, hats off to Rachel for getting this to me. But uh, there is a game that came out on Steam recently called Acquitted. Um, it is a game that revolves around everybody's favorite person in the world, Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, everybody knows him, uh, whether you're for or against him. You could say he is a polarizing figure in our United States history. Um, yeah. This game fantastically flopped on Steam. Uh, and there's a whole story over on Kotaku if you want to read the whole thing. Uh, but basically what happened is they were bragging, the developers were bragging that it took them 30 days to make this game. It looks like it took them a week, if that. Um, it is one map outside of a courthouse, and you're literally shooting zombies that they call brainless, uh, holding Black Lives Matter signs. Uh, you get the general idea oh of my the game. God. Um, but that being said, it has failed tremendously on Steam. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of comments saying why it failed and not having anything to do with the game being utterly awful and look like it should be a mobile game. Uh, but yeah, take what you will from that. And uh, again, thanks to Rachel for getting that over to me so we could take a look at it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's where we're at with cashing in on something to try to make a quick buck, I feel like terrible i hate people i <laughs> yeah. this this is this is why the this is why like the united states is just gonna go down in flames because of this oh, stuff yeah. like this but yep uh we'll, we'll we will move on to <laughs> yeah. uh game games we played this week which for me like you know it's been nice i'm catching up on my backlog i'm playing uh forbidden west i'm mm -hmm. playing uh pokemon arceus again or arceus again and the new game that we both played this week was <laughs> golf plus Heck yeah, Golf Plus. Um, Golf Plus for me as well. I finally got to play Switch Sports. And then I went off the deep end into the world of samurais and martial arts as I completed Trek to Yomi. And I also started about halfway through Sifu. Oh, okay. So um, I was about to say, most of my two games are mostly older and that we've already yeah. talked about them. So go ahead and talk about, you know, Sifu and, you know, okay. Sports, yeah, we'll get Switch Sports out of the way since, I mean, you talked about it last week. Um, yeah. I kind of agree with you. I'm a little disappointed with it. I feel like if I really want to bowl, I'm going to go play Wii Sports because I feel like even though it's older, it's the superior version. Um, I've having a lot of issues with it not being very accurate, and I don't know if that's just my, my remotes or what's going on, but having issues there. The rest of the games are fine, um, but it's definitely not what I wanted out of it for sure. Um, which I'm, I'm really bummed. And again, like you said, they have the chance to add to it down the line, but for me, yeah, I, I don't see myself playing this unless somebody comes over and is specifically asking for it at this point. Yeah. I definitely feel like it's going to be the better, like it's definitely like a better party game where like yeah. bowling, nobody has to really wait. You know, you can all bowl at once and you get that, you know, uh, you kind of get that speed and, you know, reaction to it a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely see where it's going to be good in like a party setting. But for the most part, like if you're playing by yourself, you're really not you're probably not looking at this at all. Yeah, I played it by myself for about an hour and I was like, I think I've done everything here that I need to do, which is a shame. Yeah. I did find out that there is like a there is some sort of ranking system online that is pro where you start, you know, if you win enough games, I guess you get to what's called a pro ranking to play other pro ranking people on Switch Sports Online. Okay. Uh, it's not a physical number you see. It just is a message that comes up that tells you so. So, hmm. you know, we you know there is that to it. You know, there is some sort of ranking system that I wish, you know, was there in the first place. But th there is room for this to grow. I'm not like I really haven't picked it up since we last played it. To, to be fair, there really isn't much to do yeah. other than the six games to, uh, you play there. But 
I I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm still more on the positive side for it because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it reminds me of switch sports, which is a good thing. And yeah. it, you know, there are things that it could eventually end up growing to be better if it continued to update it. Yeah. It's not a bad game by any means. I just, I think I expected more out of it than what I got. Um, all right. So let me do a uh, trek to Yomi and, and Sifu here. Uh, both kind of similar. Trek to Yomi is a side-scroller, samurai, Dark Souls-ish action-adventure. I think that's the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is on Game Pass, so you don't even have to buy it. You can give it a shot it's by Devolver. Um, it's done completely in black and white, and it's uh, it looks like it's a old samurai film um, with like the film grain and that kind of stuff. It's absolutely beautiful for an indie game. Um, there are moments where I was blown away with how good it looks. And uh, it's about four to five hours to beat the whole thing. And I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. Um, It can be punishing at times, uh, but the whole, you know, stuff we're used to counter um, roll, dodge, all that is here. Um, The bosses can be painstakingly difficult at times. Uh, But overall, I thought the story was good um, and I had a blast with it. So between this one and Sifu, I think Trek Diomi is the better game. Um, Sifu feels good when you're playing it. It can just be a little frustrating at times. I like the idea of like when you die, you have the option to come back, but you gain years onto your life and you become older. Um, Or you can decide to completely give up and go back to age 20, which is where you start and just try the whole level over again. That's a cool idea. Um, But when you start over, you lose all the upgrades that you had. Uh, made throughout that level so i think it's a cool gimmick um you know but i'm having fun with it but again i think trek to yomi is the better game of the two yeah sifu hasn't been something i've gone back to in a long time like yeah. sifu kind of frustrated me in a way where if i don't know if it, it feels like if you're having a bad day on sifu it's not gonna get better like nope. <laughs> it's it's all about kind of guarding and then reacting to what they're doing. Like, you know, I, I feel like it's not a game that you can play. Like if you're tired and no. like wanting to <laughs> like, you would just get frustrated because the enemies like, and especially like the bigger enemies that take like two type finisher moves to finish yep. are the ones that are most frustrating to me where, you know, they, they just seem to power through you more than, you know, anyone else. And they make life very difficult. So I, I do see that, you know, yeah, and I don't know if it's it. like, like you said, if I just get frustrated, but I feel like at times it's not as responsive as it should be. Like there's times where I like I feel like I should have parried successfully or at least blocked and I don't. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times I end up just holding block and trying to like dash around and just kind of avoid them. Um, but yeah, it, it can definitely get super frustrating really quick. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. So are we we to golf plus? Yeah, let's get to golf plus. All right, so Golf Plus, um, like it, I, I didn't really know what to expect because yeah. all I had seen is that this was a pretty highly rated uh, VR game, and to be honest, it's kind of met my expectations and more. Uh, yeah. I feel like this is kind of the, this is the rare case where it is more than just a golf game. Like there, it's more than just like a golfing simulator, which you know we played online for. There mm-hmm. is also Top Golf to where it's more arcadey and fun, uh, you know the and, and then it has like all these mini games with Pro Plus as well. There there are so many kind of ways to just get even get into golf. You don't have to like it. Even yeah. this is kind of a way if if you're interested in it, you can learn more about it and figure out maybe how to play. Like the one thing that does frustrate me is I just can't seem to figure out like how to get the ball to fly like on the path that it's projected to. Like I'm either always to the right or always to the left. And, you know, sometimes it's straight, uh, but, you know, it I really wish there was more physical feedback to tell you like, oh, you're not lined up correctly or, oh, you need to move the the club here in order to hit it on the projected path. Because right now, no matter where I put my club and then I swing, it seems to always, you know, be left, right, no matter if it's the perfect golf swing or not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like I have spent a decent amount of time this week 
doing the driving range, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you have the ability to turn on like the feedback. So you can see on the ground, like the lines of like, if you hit it here, it's straight. If you hit it over here, it's going to be a, a, a curve this or a slice, you know, mm-hmm. or a draw. Um, so spending a lot of time this past weekend there just like hitting balls and it telling you when you're done, like as soon as you swing where you went has helped with that. Um, but yeah, it could be a little bit better. And I have, I did see that there are like attachments you can buy to make it more like a golf club, which could be interesting. Um, but I think overall this game is a ton of fun. It's definitely better with other people than by yourself. Um, I've had a decent amount of fun this week. Like you have the ability to put music on, which is literally just searching YouTube and I've had a ton of, yeah, yeah, just looking up, like spent so many nights this week, putting a playlist on and go playing mini golf or putting a playlist on and just hitting balls. Um, but yeah, like the, the cornhole is fun. Um, the, uh, beer pong with, you know, I forget what they call it, but you're literally just like pitching balls you know what i mean that's cool um i i mean we that first night when we played i was like dying laughing because it was so much fun but uh yeah yeah this is a great game i've been telling literally everybody i know who has an oculus to buy it um just because i feel like if you could get a group of like four people going i feel like it would be chaos but in a good way you'd have so much fun yeah like the uh, like the i can't say enough how like surprised i am by like how much there is to do in this game um you know like it you know i'm thinking of ways to award it something for like our awards uh, (laughs) when we do it at the end of the year because this game is not only just a it it makes golf fun it's also just feels like such a such a meteor package than what it leads to believe i didn't know there was cornhole until we kind of figured (laughs) out and played with it yeah i didn't know that there was the you know a music player in it and like the fact that there's a music player can really make the game almost instead of like a fun laughing experience with your friends, almost a Zen experience by yourself. Yep. Yep. So it's, it kind of matches every, you know, everything you want to do. It's just a matter of how you want to do it. And, you know, if you're willing to go into the driving range and take the feedback that it gives you and kind of learn how to, to play better, whether or not that translate to the real game, I'll find out. I golf in real life. We'll see whether or not it translate. It translates better. But I, I was floored with how impressive like this, th- this game is. And it's yep. just a really fun time, whether I think you're by yourself or the person and it's only 40 bucks. Yep. Uh, I feel like, I feel like with the amount of stuff in this game, they could have charged 60 and I wouldn't feel like I've ripped off by it. So, you know, as Craig was saying, if you're somebody who has an Oculus, uh, get get Golf Plus if you can. It's a fun time. And I think, you know, while it can be frustrating, just take the time to take the time to learn to golf like anybody would in real life. And you'll you know, isn't that the point of VR? (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, I've literally every night this week since I bought it been like right before I go to bed, like, all right, I'm gonna go hit a few balls before I go to bed and it's nice that I'm using my Oculus again, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I put a playlist on for like 20 minutes and I'm just hitting balls and it's so relaxing. Uh, I mean, I feel it in the morning in my back because I mean, it's not like you're hitting anything, but you're still doing the motion. So you're still feeling it, but it's just so nice just to be like, yeah, I'm chilling out for the night um, and just going to hit a few balls. Learn proper like like the one tip I have for that is like go on YouTube and learn how to like properly like how you set up your body. Yeah, so that way. So that way it doesn't hurt your back. Like yeah. I've been able to get into the game and when I'm taking my time and not like leaning over and stuff, my back is fine. I don't have any issues. So yeah, you know, to that, look into it. Yeah, that, that, that's one thing to recommend too. like if you're having pain, like learn how like golfers set up their shots and how they you know, bend their knees, keep, you know, kind of keep their backs a little bit straighter or, you know, slightly leaned over so you don't end up hurting yourself, of course. Yeah. Anything with VR, you can end up hurting yourself if you're not doing it properly. <laughs> Very easily. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But uh, that's it for games this week. Hopefully we've convinced you to go buy, you know, go buy Golf Plus or anything like that. But this week in movies and Not TV shows. So for me, it's Doctor Strange and the Madness of the Multiverse. It's yep. also the finale of Winning Time, yeah, and also the finale of Moon Knight, which I'd yep. like to you know give a prospect <laughs> on those two. 
But uh, did you end up watching other things as well? Yeah. So I watched the the rest of Ozark. So that's completely done. I have my Mm -hmm. feelings on Ozark. And on top of Doctor Strange, which I also watched, I did also watch Sonic 2. Oh, good. Okay, cool. I I really need to watch Sonic 2. So I'm (laughs) interested. I'm interested to hear your uh, hear your stuff. But let's let's work our way up, I guess. So let's first talk about um, let's go with winning time finale. Overall, for the series, I super enjoyed it. I thought they made like basketball and like the the you know the start of the Lakers dynasty this this fun dramatic type of uh, you know type of thing. The fact that like Magic Irvin, you know, in this um, or Magic Johnson in this TV show, he's kind of a bad guy in how he treats yep. women, but he's still the person that you know. They voted for Larry Bird for Rookie of the Year when, you know, Magic Johnson did all this stuff. And I love like how like Magic Johnson is in his head, like yep. he's seeing him uh, when he's not there. They're back talking each other when, you know, they're not physically there. I kind of love that banter yep. uh, that that they set up between the two. Um, and I think they set up a really good place for season two where whether it's Magic and Bird continuing their rivalry or um, Gene Buss you know, maybe finally breaking out of her shell a little bit. I was I was surprised by how much I enjoyed this series. And even though, like, I knew what the finale was going to end up being, I, you know, I couldn't help but get, you know, goosebumps watching their, like, kind of basketball montage where, like, Irvin's, like, tired, breaking down from, you know, all of the playing time he has to have to step up because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's out. So... Uh, I, I, I really love this series. Like if you're a sports fan, even if you don't like basketball, I think you should give it a shot. It is fun and it's dramatic. I don't, I didn't find it boring at all. Yeah. It's um obviously they took a lot of liberties. Um, of course. Yeah. But I mean, they say that at the beginning, uh, but yeah, I, overall it was super entertaining. They told the story very well. Um, they do a, a fairly decent job of showing good and bad qualities of pretty much everybody in this show. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like they're, they may have went a little heavy on Larry bird, but he was also known to not be the nicest person. So yeah, fairly accurate. Um, But yeah, I overall, I thought it was a very, very good show. Um, You know, if people don't know the story of magic Johnson, I think this is a good way to kind of get to know, who he was, who he is now, um, and how much he meant to basketball, him and Larry Bird and Kareem and everybody else. But yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. I had a great time with it. Yeah, and the 76ers are in it. So, you know, yeah. we get, we, you know, a little <laughs> bit of 76ers shout out, despite the, you know, f- for us too. But uh, go ahead into one of the two movies you watched, I guess. All right, let me knock out Ozark. Um, okay. So we got the conclusion of season four of Ozark, which is the definitive ending, unless they decide to... I don't know, I guess go more later. Um, It's very decisive. If you look on the internet, people who like the ending, people who do not like the ending. Um, I'm kind of in the middle. I didn't hate it, but I didn't think it was great. I feel like a lot of shows, especially when they go multiple seasons, have an issue where they just don't know quite how to end a series. Look at Game of Thrones. Um, I think that's probably the biggest offender. But I think they did a pretty good job of kind of wrapping up that like nobody in this show really uh, gets to succeed. I guess the main characters do. I don't want to really spoil anything, Um, but it kind of ends on like a not the greatest note. So I'm okay with that. Um, I think they could have changed a few things. There was some stuff that was in that last half of the season that I felt like was kind of pointless. But overall, I think it's a it's a show that's worth watching. But again, like I've said before, it's a show where you literally hate everybody for the most part. There's like one or two characters that I enjoyed, but everybody else in the show is such a horrible human being that you just kind of end up hate watching this show and being like, oh, I hope this person gets killed or I hope this person does. Um, that's that was like my main motivation for this show. So <laughs> <laughs> if that sounds good to you, give it a shot. Um, if that sounds not like a great time, then you could probably pass on it. But for me, I think it's going to go down as probably one of the best TV series of all time. It's not quite up there with breaking bad or anybody, anything like that, but I think it's a solid, like probably top 50 all time. 
Yeah, I'm I'm excited to start watching Ozark at one point. You know, there are so many series I need to catch up on. But like the first one on my list right now is Stranger Things. Yeah, because I know that that's ending soon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot. It feels like, you know, two of the big series that Netflix has kind of come to know, you know, Ozark is huge Yeah, because like, it even has spinoffs of, you know, Narc, you know, Arzo, mm-hmm. you know, all of the spinoffs with Mexico. And then, you now have Stranger Things ending where it's kind of like you know you've got heavy hitters retiring and you know where has especially in all of the drama that netflix has endured <laughs> yep. over the past month like okay what it what is going to be your heavy hitter now that you know what people you know stay subscribed to you for but you know we'll see let's yep. go ahead and talk about the moon Knight finale sure. where uh i have a you know i kind of felt like it was a pretty big finale to kind of have to come in and do but i i loved it you know mm-hmm. i Love the reveal of the what is it? Red Scarab is her name or something like that. Yeah, I think so. And then uh, like mo- the and the fight scenes in Moon Knight, I thought were all pretty good. Like everything really, you know, came along well. I thought Oscar Isaac continued to do a fantastic performance. The only issue I had and spoilers straight <laughs> up here yep. is we find out who the third personality is because they, they allude to it. You know, there's a, another sarcophagus in the in the room. Yep. You know, there are multiple times where Mark or Steven look at each other and go, did you do this? And both of them say no. So they kind of just drop it at that. Where this third personality, Jake, I kind of feel like they did a get out of jail free card with, you know, Moon Knight is pinned to the ground. He's losing. And then he suddenly changes his personality to Jake and he's winning. So mm-hmm. I don't know what like I, I wanted to see why I wanted to see what makes Jake because like Mark is pretty is pretty badass, I'd say, yep. where, you know, he can fight. Steven's kind of now learned to take the fighting role as well. But what makes Jake this totally different being to yep. um, to the other two? So I kind of feel like they comped out with like a really good action or fight scene by just cutting, you know, cutting to the fact that oh wait we won how did we win who cares let's continue going kind of thing (laughs) um so we'll you know it we're probably going to get another series because it you know went over as well as it didn't as popular as it was uh you know it just again i just wanted more answers you know i i wanted answers to who jake was and you know everything like that and why in the why in the afterlife is you know what's his name heron or harkin uh why is his afterlife also a mental mental house or something like that like i thought it'd be different for everybody like there are some questions to be had mm-hmm. about how they about how they took it. but overall it's an enjoyable series yeah i didn't mind that they didn't show the last fight scene um i thought it was an interesting choice just to kind of leave it up to i guess your imagination um but yeah i i'm okay with jake um i feel like you know steven's obviously the voice of reason mark is the one who is a certified badass but then jake is just a killer right so like mark is the one who's would fit in well with the avengers whereas jake is just like no i'm just gonna kill everybody like no remorse um just killing everybody but yeah i thought it i thought it ended well obviously i feel like i feel like they're gonna do another one but maybe they don't maybe they just bring him in somewhere in the marvel movies um, yeah. which I could see them doing. That'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, I thought they tied it up nicely. I wasn't sure going into that last episode, like, oh man, how are they going to do all this in 45 minutes? But I think they did it. Um, yeah, I think they did a good job. It tied up in a nice little bow. The story made sense. And uh, yeah, if they give us more, awesome. If not, I mean, I'm willing to look at it as just a standalone piece. I'm not going to say it's my favorite Marvel TV series they've done so far, but it's up there. Yeah, I think so. I still think for me, like I, I did love like uh winter, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I believe a little bit more than this. Uh, and that still is number one in my eyes. So, you know, it's. They're they're getting better, and it's just nice to see that that, you know, overall, uh, like it's getting positive responses from people yeah. and that as long as Disney and Marvel continue to, like, take this kind of whole Disney plus side project seriously they'll continue to like get subscribers and make you know money on it. Yeah, I agree. They did a good job so far. They haven't really had a bad series. Yeah, not really. 
probably other than like, you know, there's probably stuff we haven't watched that's probably bad on it. But yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, What else we got? You have Sonic. Sonic. Oh, yeah. Sonic. Um, All right. So Sonic, first and foremost, I want to say that this movie looks gorgeous. Um, The CGI is top notch. Um, It's just like some breathtaking scenes they have here. Uh, I think they did a fantastic job with Knuckles and Tails. I like both of them a lot. Jim Carrey killed it again. Um, I think if I have to compare the two, I think I actually like the first one better. I think it's the better movie. Um, But the ending to the second one was better. So it's kind of a toss up. But I think if you had to like ask me, like, which one would you rather watch again? Probably the first one. But I think they're headed in the right direction to continue to make movies here. Um, It's uh, great for kids, great for adults. There's some nice little nods in there that I noticed um, from me when I was a kid. So like some nods to Sega, like the Genesis, that kind of stuff that I saw in there Um, and nods to the game that are really, really cool. And I don't want to spoil any of that. But overall, I was impressed. It looks great. It's a good story. Um, They did a great job. So is it available on digital now? Is that how you were able to watch it? It is not. No. Oh, it's still uh, in so theaters. Theater. When you... theaters, theaters. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. All right. I'm excited to see it. Hopefully, eventually I do. You know, just have to get out there and uh, see it then. Uh, other than that, let's let's get on to the big one then. <laughs> sure. Let's do it. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Before yep. saying anything else, spoilers, spoilers. ahead. Um, <laughs> overall, you know, uh, because this is how it's going to go. Thank you guys for listening. Before we get into the spoilers here, you're more than welcome to hop off this podcast. Go see it and maybe join back. We'd appreciate if you do. Yep. But it is really hard to talk about this movie without going into some of the spoilers, even basic. Yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think you yeah. can. Because like, you know, and in five seconds here, we're going to start going into into the spoiler stuff. And it's, you know, even at the very beginning, it's very apparent what the spoilers are here. So, again, this is final warning of leave. Come back if you haven't seen it yet or care about spoilers. But if not, feel free to enjoy the ride. Uh, Overall impressions of it is I can see why this movie is so polarizing. People either love it or people do not like it. Um, I tend to fall on the liking it side. Um, Mm -hmm. This was a different angle for Marvel universes. And I don't know why I should have expected that from Sam Raimi. Like (laughs) they made a Marvel horror movie. Yes, they did. (laughs) They Um, did it. (laughs) And it's, I think it's done incredibly well. You know, Sam Raimi I think just need like I think needed Kevin Feige as a producer in order to like rein himself in for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um because like based on like what Sam Raimi has done since Spider-Man, we I kind of should have known this was going to happen. Like it's yeah. going to be different regardless of the fact of Kevin Feige is produ- uh, is the, you know, executive producer of it. But um, you know, we we get right into it where they have it's the it's the you know the minor spoiler part of it scarlet witch is the is the villain in this movie yep. like and i love the fact that they did that you know mm-hmm. thinking about it you have the perfect setup for wanda being a villain here with like how everything you know happened in wandavision with her kids so with that of course she wants the power to go into the multiverse and get it you know replace that you know, Scarlet Witch there and replace their mother. Like it makes total sense. Uh, What we didn't expect was the horror, which, uh, (laughs) which the horror portion of things, which, you know, I'll let you kind of take the floor and get into some of it here. So I'm not talking the entire time. I think what I can appreciate most about the horror side of the movie is you could definitely see that there were moments where Kevin Feige let Sam Raimi be Sam Raimi because like his like, absolutely crazy style of horror that he does um, kind of pops its way in every once in a while. I'm thinking of like specifically um, when Wanda was trying to get into one of the rooms through the water or reflections. Like yeah. that was, that was cool. Um, when she came out of like the Kong thing, like yes. that was a straight yep. reference to the ring. And yep. <laughs> the, the horrifying part of it is the ring is what like horrified me as a child for horror movies. So yeah. like seeing that, like, 
I, I knew it's Marvel, so it's not trying to like physically try to jump scare the heck out of me. Right. But the fact that there's even some sort of body dysmorphia when mm-hmm. she's coming out of it is like a different taste for Marvel. Yeah. Um, without like, I mean, we already said spoilers, but like the way she handles the Illuminati yes. was brutal. Absolutely mm-hmm. brutal. Every single one of them. Um, trying to think even when uh, they're running away from her and they're trying to shut all the doors and she's like throwing them open. And like my wife said, she's like, she looked like Carrie from like yeah. the horror movie Carrie with like the blood on her face. She's kind of like shuffling her foot behind her. It was terrifying um, in a good way. I just think like when you let when you reel Sam Raimi in, but still let him have pieces, that's where he works the best. Um, yeah, I just think the horror elements of this movie made the movie for me. I thought they were some of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, I, I love how different it is mm-hmm. um, for the most part. Like the one thing I can say is some of it did feel pointless. You know, we have this book that they're going after that mm-hmm. in the end doesn't matter at all. <laughs> Not at like, all. <laughs> and, and I get that you're trying to lead these characters to some sort of point mm-hmm. um, to you know um to like have this sort of hope but not it's not even like the the climax of the movie we get to this and it turns out oh it's nothing oh it doesn't matter anymore so it's it's just those types of things that i wish maybe were done a little bit better or meant something to the story whether it's and who knows maybe it means something to the story in the next doctor strange that's what tends to happen in these movies is there's (laughs) just this like little easter egg that kind of links it to the next one or something like that. But um, I really liked America. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought she was a good character. I really like that, you know, they're really going all in on the multi-dimensional stuff. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, I was about to say, it's kind of hard to, but like the Illuminati reveal, how, how did you feel about that? Well, I did everything in my power to not watch the majority of the trailers. Um, so going into the movie, obviously we knew, and again, spoilers for everybody. I feel like I have to keep saying that we knew from the trailers that professor X was there, right? We knew that. Um, I happened to see from like a TV trailer during one of the NBA finals, I saw, uh, captain Carter's shield. So that was kind of ruined for me, but seeing Reed Richards blew my mind. Um, I did not think that he was going to show up yet. And to see him there, I was like, no way they're doing Fantastic Four already. And obviously, he's they're still a long ways away from a Fantastic Four movie, probably years at this point. But the fact that they acknowledged it and X-Men um, and even the, the What If series, right? The yeah. animated series with Captain Carter got acknowledged. Um, and another version of uh, Monica Rambeau as yeah. Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. So cool. I mean, that to me was like the highlight of the movie was the Illuminati seeing all those people. Yeah, I I really like I really liked what they did, because like specifically for like the Reed Richards, that's when my theater was like blowing up like, what? Yeah. like oh, yep. my God. Um, it just kind of stinks that they end up being useless to it for all. now. I mean, that's in a different universe, so, you know, they're going to come back. Yeah, but I I like it's been such a long time since we like, you know, I think I feel like Professor X got like a little bit of time to like shine in his in his area where like I'm specifically disappointed with like the Reed Richards portion of things where it was. His reveal was really cool, Mm -hmm. but in against Wanda powerless <laughs> against mm-hmm. Wanda nothing was getting in her way and I get that the book of the you know damned I guess mm-hmm. boosted her powers to this insanely amounts where like I don't know if she takes on Captain Marvel if she's not like that powered up because Captain right. Marvel is pretty pretty powerful it'd be pretty the, close uh, yeah yeah in uh in the comic books so I you know overall I, I just I really do like the way this this movie ended up having um did it feel like a bit more like of a cop-out with having like dr strange take you know control of his undead version of himself in that world (laughs) i i don't know i felt a little weird 
with how that ended, with how that ended up being like the final battle in a way. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, the overall yeah. movie is this enjoyable ride, and it, you know, it's worth it in the end. Yeah, I mean, it was a little convenient that uh, America had managed to kill a Doctor Strange and just so happened to bring it with her so that he could bury it so he could unbury the body later and use it. (laughs) Um, It was a little convenient. I thought it was cool him using the uh, I don't even know what you call them, like demons um, in that last fight. Like that was cool. Um, But yeah, it, it did seem a little convenient. But I guess you had to find a way for him to not be in the same universe and still be able to, you know, handle Wanda to a certain extent. Um, There is a lot of things that are fairly obvious that got cut. I know Sam Raimi had said that his original version of this movie was long. Yeah, two uh, two hours and 40 minutes, two hours and 40 minutes is what the movie was supposed to be. Right. So maybe when this comes out on 4k blu-ray we get the extended version specifically and i'm i'm forgetting his name but the uh the guy like the with the horns why am i forgetting his name because they like barely mention him in the movie um like the green bull who at the very beginning um he was from what i've read was supposed to be a bigger part of the movie and it got cut they they made a funko pop for him so there was obviously plans there that that stuff got cut because you barely see him in the movie. Mm-hmm. He gets killed off pretty quick. Um, so I would be interested in seeing like that extended version of what the original plan was, but I feel like it didn't seem rushed, yeah. but it all made sense in the end. Yeah. And in the end of, you know, the, the money is telling you the, the story there, people are happy that, you know, and they're excited to see it. Yeah. Um, the after credit trailers I thought were pretty interesting. I have no idea where it's going to go from here, to be honest. Uh, but overall, a very fun and I feel like almost a return to form. Yeah. You know, we had Eternals was this very mixed bag that people were very mixed on. Mm-hmm. And it seems almost separate from everything that's going on here. But multiverse of madness feels like it made everything a bit more connected not connected to the eternals essentially but connected to the universe itself and whether how they plan on bringing all of it together we'll see but uh you know i am i'm really glad i didn't get spoiled for this unlike spider-man where like we kind of knew what was going to happen because all of the rumors uh that were circulating I feel like Marvel did a really good job of keeping under wraps that like, you know, for the most part, if you watch the trailers, you're going to think that um, the other strange is more the villain when he's more just a side character in all of this. Uh, So they they did a really, really good job. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm interested to see what they decide to do with Sam Raimi here, because, (laughs) you know, there are talks of another amazing Spider-Man or another Tobey Maguire Spider-Man to kind of you know, relive or, you know, re reignite what that was. But, you know, I, I don't think me personally, I don't think it's something we need. No, um, just <laughs> just let it go. Let it continue. There's plenty of other projects that if he wants to get into the Marvel Marvel verse on, I feel like they'll let him in because mm-hmm. based on how this movie is performing, his his take and his difference means a lot to the, you know, the movie going community where Marvel movies, especially like especially like the first like superhero movie in a way, it all feels the same where this one felt truly different and a different experience where a part of you is on the edge of your seat, kind of hoping you're not going to get jump scared <laughs> in a way. So yeah. um, th- that's something I can really appreciate about what he did with this. Yeah, overall, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I'll have to take some time to figure out where it ranks all time in the Marvel movies, but I feel like it's fairly high. Yeah. Now I know they just released the trailer, but I have to ask you about this. Okay. What did you think of avatar? The way of water trailer. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know what your opinion of is on the avatar um, mm-hmm. series in general, but for me, um, like even in, I, we were at a big D theater for the premiere of it. I was really impressed with how like, good um avatar looked maybe the yeah. production value is worth it but you know well, i'm not sure what opinion you have but did you have one at all 
I mean, the first Avatar I enjoyed, I saw it in theaters, um, mm-hmm. and I bought it immediately. That was like the Blu-ray to buy. Yeah. When Blu-ray was for like you had to buy Avatar, you couldn't find it. Um, I think that I agree with you. The trailer looked beautiful. Um, I my opinion on Avatar is James Cameron cares more about making his movies look pretty than he does about yeah. the actual movies. I don't think Avatar is a bad movie. I enjoyed it. I think it's a little long. Um, I'll watch it. I don't know if I'll see it in theaters. It depends if I'm around like a, a IMAX, maybe because I feel like that would be the way to see a movie like Avatar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm down to see where it goes. Yeah, as as am I. And, you know, I, I just felt like that was kind of the biggest kind of trailer in all of it. A lot of movies yep. are coming out that I'm excited for. So let's here come the summer of movies. And yep. I'm all on I'm all on board for it anyway. Me too. I'm excited. So with that, hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast and thank you for listening. If you're interested in getting a hold of us, we have a Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We also have an email at high sensitivity podcast at gmail.com. If you're interested in emailing us questions, news stories like Rachel did. Thank you for that news story with the um, acquitted in, you know, that, you know, terrible game. (laughs) But um, yeah, again, we appreciate you guys listening to us and hope to see you guys in the next. I hope you guys listen to the next podcast. Make sure you share it with a friend and review it on your podcast listening platform of choice. With that, we'll leave you off and see you guys later. See you later. Thank you.